Hi, I'm your host, Lillian Yang. And I'm your host, Fakri Shafai, and you are listening to Food Nonfiction. If asked to describe a quintessential breakfast, I'd say bacon and eggs and a piece of toast. There are just certain foods we associate with certain meals. If you go out for breakfast practically anywhere in North America, you'll find bacon and eggs on the menu, or some variation of it. But here's a question. Why is bacon so linked with breakfast? It might not surprise you to know that cured pork has been a part of the European diet for a long time, dating back hundreds of years. However, it wasn't until the 1920s that bacon really took off as a breakfast food. And how did bacon become a breakfast food? Propaganda. PR for bacon. You see, in the 1920s, bacon got a very powerful influencer on its side. He was a nephew of Sigmund Freud. Sigmund Freud, the father of psychoanalysis, the person who came up with the Oedipus complex and repression theories. Well, Sigmund Freud's nephew also had an interest in psychology, and he used his understanding of psychology to influence public opinion. He was a master of PR. And his name was Edward Bernays. Let me tell you just how good this guy was at PR. You'll see why he was able to bring greasy old bacon into the breakfast menu. At a time when smoking wasn't considered appropriate for women, Edward Bernays called cigarettes torches of freedom, promoting a sense of empowerment for women to show that they were equal to men, that women could do what men could do. A terrible stroke of genius to get half the population more interested in cigarettes. He helped boost sales of Dixie Cups by convincing people that disposable cups were sanitary and glass cups were not. He also worked in World War I as part of the propaganda effort for the Allies. So, in 1925, a company called the Beechnut Packing Company hired him to increase bacon sales. Back when Edward Bernays was contacted by the Beechnut Packing Company, breakfast was actually a light meal. An example of this light breakfast would be a glass of orange juice and a roll. Meat in general was not considered a part of breakfast food. So Bernays asked his physician whether a heavier breakfast was healthier than a lighter breakfast. Note, he didn't ask if bacon was healthy. He simply asked if a heavier breakfast was healthy. The logic was that the body needs to replenish the energy lost at night, so you should eat heartier foods early on in the day. The doctor agreed that heavier foods made for a healthier breakfast. So to take this further, Bernays asked the doctor to get 5,000 other doctors to confirm the benefits of a heavier breakfast. When they got responses from the other doctors, Bernays took the findings and had them published in newspapers across the country, along with other articles stating that bacon and eggs should be a central part of breakfast. The campaign was a huge success. Sales of bacon rose sharply, and the idea of bacon and eggs for breakfast became an American staple. 
But despite being so iconic as a breakfast food, bacon hasn't had an easy road all the time. Have you seen the recent cover of Time magazine? It's got a picture of bacon on it because the World Health Organization has classified processed meats as carcinogenic. In the 1980s, health trends took a big toll on bacon sales. Studies linking saturated fats and cholesterol to heart problems, obesity, and even cancer rates really hit the bacon industry hard, given that bacon itself is basically two-thirds fat. The industry moved towards lean products, and for a while, bacon was kind of left out. That's not to say bacon went away. I ate a lot of bacon growing up, and I know plenty of other people who did too. And bacon was still everywhere. It just wasn't as popular as it had been before. It wasn't until the 1990s that bacon started to pick up again. This time, marketed as a flavor enhancer rather than the central part of a meal. Think bacon cheeseburger, bacon wrapped tenderloins, bacon mac and cheese, that sort of thing. And bacon has seen a huge spike in popularity over the past few years, thanks in part to the internet. You can now find bacon in practically every food type imaginable: ice cream, cookies, cinnamon rolls, much more. And let's not forget the recent popularity of keto diets, in which bacon is classified as a superfood. Also, bacon is not just limited to food anymore. You can get bacon toothpaste, bacon deodorant, and even bacon-flavored vodka. I would definitely skip that last one. But regardless of how you might feel about it, bacon is bigger than ever and doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon. Why not? It's delicious. And even if all these trends eventually die down, bacon will still be synonymous with breakfast. Always ready for a Sunday morning next to the eggs. And that's a little bit about the history of bacon in the 20th and 21st centuries. We hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, and if any of you out there have a crazy bacon recipe you'd like to share with us, please send them to feedback at foodnonfiction.com. So, Lillian, how do you like your bacon? I like my bacon crispy only. There needs to be no chewiness or sogginess. I'm in complete agreement. I love crispy bacon, but as soon as it's like mushy, soggy, so soaked in the grease that there's no crunch to it, I'm out. I don't like it anymore. How many pieces do you eat at one time? Oh, I can only do two or three. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I'm, I can't handle that much salt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sugar girl, not a salt girl. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, food buffs. Please write in to us at feedback at foodnonfiction.com or visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash foodnonfiction. And if you haven't gotten a chance yet, please rate us on iTunes. Please. Have a great week, food buffs. Bye. Bye.